Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to day two of the third annual Halloween week with Wicked and Grim. My name is Jacko, and I have returned from the land of the spirits to join you once again as your devoted MC. An unlikely haunted object played host to the seemingly evil entities that was the topic at hand for the first episode this year. And there are many more terrifying tales to come. I do know that they have prepared a particularly interesting case today. One that deals in experiences from beyond the stars. Yes, this is not just terrifying. It's going to be otherworldly. But what really makes this story so special is the amount of eyewitnesses involved. It's not just a single person with a single claim, but it's multiple strangers and neighbors corroborating each other's claims and experiences. Now, let us hear the story from your illustrious hosts. Ladies, gentlemen, theys and thems, I present to you the hosts of Halloween Week and Wicked and Grim, Ben and Nicole. Thank you, Jacko, very much. Ah, That was awesome. I am having a blast with Halloween Week. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working my ass off, not going to lie, but <laughs> I'm having a blast at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. It is, it's a fun week. There's no way that it can. I don't know. It's hard, but it's there's no way it's not fun. Oh, well, I was telling you, what was it yesterday? That is the second Halloween week. Sorry, it was this morning, actually. The second Halloween week kicked in. That's Halloween for me now. Mm, yeah. Those seven days are Halloween, not just like the trick or treat Halloween day. You have seven, seven days of your favorite holiday now. Fuck. Hey, is it a holiday? Yes. Well, not, it's it's a celebration celebration I don't yeah know exactly you don't get say. like a day off work work or anything yeah it's not a stat holiday but it's still a recognized celebration Event i guess day i don't even know i think it should be a stat in all honesty it really should why not i don't know talk I mean- to the government <laughs> why the fuck not <laughs> halloween should be a stat we should get it paid off in fact everyone should get candy from the government Oh, we yeah. We pay enough fucking taxes. Holy heck, now you're talking. <laughs> right? In fact, it should be for the entire week. Yeah. That's what I think. Let's do it. Okay. We'll start a campaign. Okay. <laughs> Email your local MP. <laughs> oh, my God. Get this going. 
Uh, okay. I want to talk just briefly on your, your story yesterday, the haunted bunk bed. Mm -hmm. Um, someone in our Patreon chat brought something up regarding that. Oh, did they? They did. What was it? So you know how you said that it was like kind of like these potential burial grounds by the home. Mm -hmm. And maybe I was saying like, well, what if the bed was like kind of like an antenna for those like spirits or entities, right? right? Yeah. Someone in Patreon mentioned, well, what if, because in my mind, I was thinking the bed was metal. Clearly they're thinking it's wooden. It is wood. Okay. What if the bed was used making wood from the plot of land nearby? Okay, I miss. I must have missed that comment or that email or whatever in there. I didn't see that. It, yeah, it was in the the little like chat thing we got going on there. Interesting. In yeah. That the the wood used to build the bed came from that an area. land. Huh. What if that's the case? Wow. And then what if when because you said they they burnt it or buried it or whatever? What if they then returned it back to a similar plot on that land, and the spirits were then at rest? What if that's the fucking case? Huh. Yeah, because they did they did go about destroying it, right? So right. So that it could never happen to someone else yes. with their thoughts. So I've been thinking about that way too much today. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, you never mentioned that to me. Now I'm thinking about that. Well, because I wanted to mention it here huh. on the show. I didn't want you to have preparation time. See, it's always interesting um, just getting other people's takes and stuff on the cases, right? And their thoughts and I like it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and now my, I can't even think. I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> my mind is blown. It's it's wild. If you guys <laughs> want to go join the Patreon chat, um, you can sign up for Patreon. Our link is down below. But I'm going to get on with today's case if you're ready for mm -hmm. it. I'm ready. So I don't know if you are well versed in much UFO incidences or cases or anything like that. Not really. Okay, I didn't really no. think so. Well, many UFO incidences involve like generally one or two people driving in a car on a lone, dirt, windy road at night sort okay. of situation. Yeah, I am aware of that at least. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, Betty and Barney Hill are, are a prime example. Um, you know, individuals are late, out at late at night, experience something very strange, very otherworldly, such as, you know, bright lights or... Who knows what else? Mm -hmm. But next thing they know, they find themselves back where they started in their vehicle and they lose time. Like it's like all of a sudden a blink of bright light and a few hours have passed sort of Gosh, thing. Gosh, that'd be such an odd feeling. Wouldn't it? Very unsettling. I wouldn't be able to move on from that. I'd piss. <laughs> to quote Nicole from like months ago, <laughs> I'd piss. I'd piss. <laughs> um. Well, usually as the time passes, they do remember a little bit much more, um, you know, some memories begin to emerge and this sort of thing. And the problem is, though, how can they tell anyone that happened, what happened without sounding like they're mad? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, hey, we were alone. This crazy thing happened that most people think is com a complete farce. Yeah. And we have no evidence for it. Nothing backing it up. Yeah. So without anything backing it up, it's it's a story and it's just that it's a story nothing more well it's like that with a lot of our cases even yesterday's right that's true how someone is very far-fetched for someone to believe that a bunk bed is haunted exactly so and i mean this is a problem that plagues a lot of paranormal events and especially in the world of ufo encounters because mm -hmm. that's what i'm talking about today um you know someone experiences something it's an extraordinary claim but they can't do anything about it because hey where's the proof now Today's story does have many similarities into that, like, um, stereotypical UFO 
sort of situation. Long, windy road, car, people at night, bright lights, etc. However, there is a major glaring difference in this case. There's more than one person. There's more than just a car full of people. There are many people who can back up exactly what other people are claiming happened that night. Okay. Yes. Hmm. So these people are saying, this happened to me. Someone else is like, I saw it happen to them. Oh, wow. And someone else is like, that happened to me so-and-so miles away in this town. Okay. And I saw that from across this ridge over here. Now I'm wondering if it's maybe something I've heard of. Um. Surprisingly, I, I doubt it. Maybe, maybe because it actually was covered and I, I do have it kind of written down in a script sort of thing. It was covered in the recent um, Netflix series, the the Rebirth of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, okay. So it is in the first season of the Rebirth of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Um, but other than that, it was kind of a relatively unknown story. Even in the UFO um, uh, world, it wasn't really that known. And I'll kind of dive into why a little bit later. Okay. Yeah. So I do want to start with asking a question before we really dive into the meat and potatoes of this case. Do you believe in intelligent life visiting us on earth? Mm, yes. You do? I do. Okay. Okay. Um, so this, and if you guys are out there listening to this, I want you to answer to yourself as well. Do you believe in intelligent life visiting us here on earth? Now, the next question, if not, and I mean, if so, the, the question applies both ways, then what are these UFOs that are being sighted around the world? If you believe we are being visited by intelligent life, what are these UFOs? Are they crafts of beings? Are they parallel dimensions? Are they from another world, another universe? What are they? Where are they from? What do you think? Oh, gosh. Well, that I don't know. Um, it like it's. I would say it's their form of aircrafts. Okay. From... A lot of times you think another planet, but I don't even necessarily know if it's a planet. Maybe I'd go with universe, I suppose. There are theories of other dimensions being like beings from other dimensions actually visiting us yeah. too. So, I mean, there's no knowing. There's only theories out there really. But, I mean, it well, is possible. I was just going to say too, because we know a lot about like the planets that are around us, right? We do, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with another universe then. Well, it could be another galaxy. Oh, gosh. Okay, that too. Because it goes <laughs> like planet, solar system, um, galaxy, I think, then nebula, then universe. Oh, shit. Okay, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, somewhere out there. Well, this story is the story of the 1969 Berkshire UFO incident. Okay. Now, in the picturesque landscape of the Berkshires, which is a rural region nestled uh, in the western Massachusetts area, uh, it's the Berkshires County. So it's a, an, a, a collection of different small little towns, okay? And many of the small towns are not far apart, only a few miles from one town to the next sort of situation. So the area has nature enthusiasts and hikers flock to its expansive wilderness making a sought after destination for the summers and everything, especially during like the summer months when it's super nice in the mm -hmm. fall with the nice, nice colors and the leaves and all this yeah. sort of stuff. All these small, quaint little towns. It's beautiful, apparently. So I kind of want to go there one day. Um, but the year was 1969. And Massachusetts and the Berkshire County was kind of plunged into a state of high, uh, hysteria. 
when numerous residents reported witnessing an unidentified flying object or a UFO, which actually I believe they call it something different now. It's not a UFO. It's something else. But I'm going to keep going with UFO uh, because it's still universal at this point. This extraordinary sighting not only gripped the local community, but also captured imaginations on people throughout the United States. The frenzy actually eventually reached such heights that in Roswell, New Mexico, a replica of the purported spacecraft was put on display in the International UFO Museum. Oh, really? Hey? Yes. So there was that many reports and that many sightings that they were able to actually come up with a replica of it. Apparently. Wow. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go there and visit it. Well, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So it all started on the fateful evening of September 1st. And of course, as I already said, like two times, 1969. The town of Sheffield, nestled in the southern Berkshire area, was bathed, bathed in a very hot, sunny September day. But the sun was setting. And soon it would be replaced with a very different light in the sky. There are several individuals who admit to witnessing this UFO or its unusual lights that night. But one of the most notable eyewitnesses of them all was an individual by the name of Thomas Reed. Now, Thomas goes by the name of Tom, generally speaking, but there are three Toms in this story, so I'm going to call him Thomas. Okay. Yeah. So Thomas is who we're talking about here. So his incident unfolded near the old covered bridge in Sheffield. Now, according to Thomas, he vividly remembers the UFO encounter from his childhood. He was just nine years old at this time on that September day. And his family was driving back home from their restaurant named Village of the Green. And Thomas, his mother, grandmother, and brother were all in the car at the time. As they made their way down the empty road, Thomas was occupying himself by giving his brother a small little fireball candy in the back seat (laughs) his grandma had just turned around to tell him not to give his younger brother this candy he's still too young he can choke right okay so and just as she had turned around in her seat to deliver this message to little thomas a very strange massive glowing light peeked out from behind the dense trees over towards the river oh man the luminous lights spilled out as they crossed the covered sheffield bridge casting an an otherworldly glow on the surroundings. Perplexed, the family observed the peculiar phenomenon. Thomas recalled in an interview on Unsolved Mysteries, quote, It was a self-contained glow. Rising slightly, it seemed to follow the dirt road, visible through the trees. The light became more intense as we reached a clearing, flooding the inside of the car. Hmm. So that's like pretty intense, like a strong ass light. Oh, very much so. Um, later, though, I didn't write this description down. I don't think um, he actually describes it as like floodlights inside the car. And we're talking the middle of the night. Okay. So like glaring lights. Because my head kind of went to what if it's just a property owner or something and they're like they're working outside and they're trying to light up their yard or something. But it's like more intense than that. It sounds like. Oh, definitely. And now with this description, like with his quote, he said, rising slightly, it seemed to follow the dirt road visible through the trees. This is literally in the trees. It's not actually on a dirt road. It's following parallel to kind of thing. Almost as if there was a road through the trees. Huh? So this bright light is just kind of going through the trees, just chilling on its own. That's very odd. 
So this encounter took a very surreal turn, though, when an amber glow quickly enveloped both sides of the road. Suddenly, almost out of nowhere, the craft appeared, hovering silently, oh, absolutely silently in the night sky. It was a large silver disc-shaped object described to look almost like a turtle shell in a shape where it's kind of shallower on the bottom with that ridge that goes down the center. Mm-hmm. It had an estimated size of over 100 yards in length. Seriously? Massive. Holy shit. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Then in an instant, Thomas remembers being transported to a vast hangar-like area oh my that dwarfed a football field in size. Oh man, okay. To quote him, we encountered something, something not of this world. Our black and white television couldn't compare to the unbelievable sights inside this hangar. Fluorescent lights glowed eerily, illuminating a circular hallway with a Y configuration, as if designed to control traffic flow. One room stood out with its bowed-in rounded walls, an architectural marvel unheard of in 1969. I can't place where I was, but what I saw was unlike anything even 50 years later. Hmm. So at this point, he's describing like he's in this ship. He's in this craft. Yeah, this UFO. Yeah. Or assuming the craft. He's somewhere else assuming but it's probably in this craft. in there, yeah. yeah. Wow. And the fact that it's just silent is really bizarre too. Yeah. Like what kind of technology do they have for that? I have no idea, but if it can help us lower gas prices, <laughs> I am all in, in for it. You're in. <laughs> huh. So while this was all happening, suddenly, boom, Thomas and his family were back inside the car. Strangely, his grandmother, who was in the passenger seat and mother, who was in the driver's seat, now had switched Oh, man. The okay. grandmother was in the driver's seat and the mother was in the passenger side with the ignition turned off. Though no one but Thomas remembered anything about being in the craft, they did know that something wasn't right. They did remember that the car was on. They did remember the mother was driving because mm -hmm. the grandma doesn't drive. And they do remember the lights. They do remember the craft. Well, that's usually a bit bizarre, right? That you would actually remember the time in there. Like, I don't think that's supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. Also, when they came to back in the car, everything was silent. Silence everywhere. Now to quote Thomas again, everything got real calm. It was like being in the middle of a hurricane. There was like a barometric change in pressure. It was just like dead silence. Then there was an eruption of crickets and frogs and it got really loud and that was it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and the see, craft I freaking gone. hate talking about this shit. This is like, I believe in this stuff. Even more so probably than like hauntings for some reason. Um... 
but then I'm just like, I'm kind of one of those people where you're, what is the saying when you don't, when you don't want to know something, like if you don't know it, it's not there. What's that saying? I have no idea what you're talking about. Like a skeptic or what? No. What is this saying? Gosh, what you can't, what you don't know, you can't see or what the fuck's the saying? I have no idea. Oh God. I, I'm drawing a complete blank. I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, it might come to me, but that's okay. how I am with this stuff. Cause I'm like, I don't want to know about it. Like, cause I'm worried it would then happen to me, you know? Okay. I, I kind of know what you're kind of saying, but I don't know the saying you're referring I know. to. I can't think of the actual saying. Someone will let us know. Cause I, like seeing is believing. Is that what you're thinking or? Cause I'm thinking like a little kid hiding under the blankets from a monster. Like if it can't see me, it's all good yeah, sort of situation. Like that. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like there's a saying for that. I don't know. Seeing is believing is the only thing okay. that comes to my mind. Well, there you go. Well, I do want to point out that remarkably when Thomas underwent a polygraph test, um, on this incident, the results indicated his truthfulness with an astonishing 99.1% wow. accuracy. Okay. However, we do know that polygraphs are not the most reliable. Yeah. So we we figured that out by yeah, now. Hey? We definitely figured that one out by now. <laughs> uh, now, Thomas Reed has been one of the most vocal witnesses to the incident in Berkshire, um, but he certainly wasn't the only witness. Now, if he was the only witness, this probably would have been categorized with every other UFO incident out there, right? Car full of people, middle of the night, bright light, you know, mm -hmm. and then gone. How do you prove anything? But another incident that night occurred at Lake Mansfield in Great Barrington, only a few miles away. So Melanie, I'm going to try and pronounce the name right, Kirchendorfer, Kirkdorfer, Kirk, nope, Kirch. Dorfer. Kirchdorfer. Yes. Okay, there you go. Kirchdorfer. <laughs> it's an interesting one. So she was 12 years old at the time. And during the uh during the era in 1969, you know, she's grown up most like most other kids, playing outside, getting into trouble. Uh, her and her sister actually had plans that very day to go smoke a cigarette that one of their friends had snuck from their parents. Oh my. But instead, Melanie's parents decided that they were going to go take some family time for an outing, get some ice cream together, and go head to the lake. That sounds way better. Right? Well, for her, that's the last thing she wanted to do. <laughs> so despite her objections, her family um, took the drive together to go Dairy Queen and then out to Lake Mansfield. Now, there at the lake, their father was backing into a parking lot. And in that very instant, a bright light suddenly engulfed the inside of the car. Everyone in the car began to panic. And the father shouted, holy shit. But his curiosity drove him to actually begin to chase the light. Oh, my gosh. With his family in the vehicle. You're correct. <laughs> Okay. Now, Melanie and her sister were like begging him not to, but he's well, like, yeah. no, no, it's cool, right? That so. would be you, I feel like. Gosh. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but yeah, her and her sister were like shaking with fear as their father was driving towards his brilliantly bright light. Um, but their mother was trying to make sense of the situation and explaining that it's simply just a shooting star, nothing more, right? Yeah. But this was clearly much more than a shooting star. Now, Melanie's sister maintains to this day that she doesn't remember anything after that. But Melanie, on the other hand, she remembers levitating suddenly and then being on a ship. Oh, geez. She remembers being laid out inside. And Tom Warner was another local boy. And he too claims that he was on the ship at the same time. In fact, he remembers seeing Melanie there. Oh, seriously? Yes. 
although Melanie doesn't remember seeing him, he vividly recalls seeing total fear in her eyes as she was crouched down to his right side. Oh my gosh. And it's all kids, hey, that are remembering. Yeah. Huh. So what Melanie does recall is being in a room with several other kids, other okay. children. And one by one, all the other children began to disappear. And then it came time for her. And after that, she woke up at the lake by oh, herself. That and her family was not around. She had to walk home. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, she didn't get put back in the vehicle with the family. Correct. Oh my gosh. Also, how terrifying would that be if you're remembering on the ship and just seeing like other kids disappearing? You're probably thinking they're like getting killed or something, you know? I'm going to reiterate. I'd piss. <laughs> well, <laughs> just yeah. Evacuating my bladder right then uh, and there. Yeah. Oh, I kind of remember the saying, what you can't see can't hurt you. Is that pretty much what you said, right? I'd be kind of, I guess. Yeah. So that's what I mean by this shit. Like, I hate learning about this because it's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. I don't want to know about this. But I mean, that's totally not true, though. Because what you can't see can't hurt you. I mean, go well, ahead. Go that's ahead. my thoughts anyway. Close your eyes. I can smuck you upside the head. It'll hurt, right? Like, you know oh what I mean? God. I know, but just like, I don't know what you don't know kind of thing. Oh, like I just, this stuff. Oh, I feel like you would want to be, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but you, I feel like would want to see some sort of alien type thing. I think I know the saying you're, you're wanting, you're going after here. I just clued in. Are you thinking ignorance is bliss? Yes. There shit. we go. There we go. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. So being ignorant to the situation. Yes. You still can be hurt, but yeah, it's blissful just to not think about it. A hundred percent. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so back to Tom. Tom's side of the story not only corroborates what Melanie saw, but Tom had a witness to corroborate what he saw as well. Oh man. Okay. So Tom was somewhat of a young artist at the time of September 1st in 1969. He was next door at his home with his babysitter at the time, and he was doing some coloring. Now the babysitter's younger sister, Debbie, always colored with him, you know, trying to teach him to stay within the lines. And mm -hmm. by the documentary a little bit, it sounded like she was like kind of cracking the whip on him, like stay in the fucking lines, Tom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Not aggressively, but like she was just like, come on, get in those lines, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was coloring with Tom and they were doing their thing and Tom was just kind of, you know, having fun and time was ticking by and the sun's going down before he knew it, you know, it's kind of dark out. So finally Tom realized kind of, Hey, the sun's down, it is dark out. And he walks over to one of the windows to kind of take a peek outside. And in that moment, right then and there, a voice spoke to Tom almost as it was oh. right inside his head. It told him you need to go home now. Oh, geez. Yeah. Again, I'd piss. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, okay. Yeah. So being a young boy and hearing this disembodied voice from inside his own head, Tom was rightfully terrified. Scared shitless. Yeah. And he ran out of the house towards his own home, his own home next door. He ran across the grass going as fast as he could. Step after step after step after step. He just kept running. But little Tom wasn't getting any closer to oh home. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's a nightmare. His babysitter, in total confusion on why Tom suddenly burst out of the doors of the home, looked out the window to see Tom sprinting on the spot. His legs were moving, but he stayed exactly where he was, as if his Whoa. feet were gliding on the ground instead of gripping and propelling him forward. 
Oh my gosh. He kept running like this on the spot for almost five minutes. Seriously, five minutes. That's he was probably just exhausted. Probably. Tom said, finally, to the left of him, a large UFO came down from the sky. It appeared and a jolt of bright light, like a beam of light, took him up to the ship. His babysitter saw this and to her, Tom oh. just vanished. Wow. Could you imagine being the babysitter of that? That's like your worst nightmare of that happening. To yeah. Someone that, to a kid that you're in charge of for like a couple hours. How am I going to explain this to oh his parents? Oh, gosh. Oh, he did come back, right? He did come back? Well, we'll I'll keep going here. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know the story. Okay. Um, so this is when Tom remembers being on the ship in a large kind of hangar-like area. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. And also seeing Melanie. Um, after that, Tom would be dropped back on the ground, uh, laying on the grass on the other side of the property. The light was still on him and it held him in place as he was lying on his back in the grass. He couldn't move. His brother now saw him here, told Tom to run, but Tom couldn't. He couldn't move. Tom now heard the voice again in his head once more, telling him there'd be one more minute. Then after a moment, the light lifted and the craft was gone letting Tom free. Oh my gosh. What are they doing to these kids? I don't know, but it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Cause now I was kind of thinking that, but that will be done in one minute. Right. What are you going to be done doing? So we have Melanie's situation, which her family can corroborate. Tom saw her on the ship. So he corroborates her. The babysitter saw Tom running in place and vanishing. Can yep. Corroborate him. Tom's brother also saw him come back down being pinned by the light. Can corroborate that. Well, and then Thomas too had the similar kind of description of what the exactly. interior was like. Exactly. So they're all going back and forth with this information. Witnesses to each other, corroborating each other's story with similar events and timelines, descriptions, everything. Yeah, and there and there really isn't any way that they would have chatted or heard of this, no, right? No. Yeah. And like these are not the only stories of the sightings and experiences from people in the area that night either. There are more. In fact, there is another one uh, in the Unsolved Mysteries uh, episode that I'm not talking about here. Okay. Um, but there, there's certainly more out there. Oh man, I hate that. Now to talk about our third Tom, uh, it's Tom J. Uh, Tom J was a broadcaster on the WSBS radio. Um, now the radio was soon flooded with calls of people reporting sightings of the craft. They're reporting sightings of lights, individual experiences, you know, seeing things on the horizon, whatever it is, all these different things that just fit. Now when... This Tom Jay got the first call on the radio. He thought this person was like, you know, they're out, mm -hmm. they're out drinking. Like this is complete bogus. Mm -hmm. But with each call coming in, he realized there was no way that alcohol's involved. It, there's no way this is a hoax. It was too perfect. It was from people on opposite sides of the county in different towns. Many cases, these people didn't even know each other. They've never met before, but they're saying the same thing. Wow. So it would be Tom Jay. He would uh, call the police. He'd actually talk on the radio. Anyone else experiencing this? Call in. Let, let's talk about it. And he let the police know and everything. Um, and the police had multiple sightings and everything, of course, but nothing could be done. There was no evidence. It was just people experiencing the same thing who could back each other up. Yeah. They're, what would they be able to do? There's nothing. nothing. No. Yeah. 
There was just eyewitness statements, but there was no physical evidence either. And there was no injuries or anything, really? Not as far as I was able to confirm, no. Okay. Now, many people who did um, experience this incident kind of became a bit of a re bit reclusive with what they saw and experienced. Uh, talking about it, people would begin to look at them and judge them. Oh, that's so sad. Because, I mean, mind you, while there is a lot of people who have experienced this, in the population, that is just a handful. Yeah. Say that there's two dozen people who can say the same thing and corroborate each other's stories and shit. Thousands of people live in the area. Mm -hmm. Well, so, and it's people not wanting to believe it either, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they began to like not really recount the story so much. They began to just kind of like, or began to just kind of keep their mouth shut, live on, you know, once in a while they talk about it a little bit and then, okay, zip their lip. And because of that, it never really got reported. It never really went anywhere. Papers in the area didn't even print anything on the event because they believed it to be bogus. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. There is very little to anything on documentation even on this occurring. So because of that, it's never really gone anywhere in the UFO com community either. Yeah, but w that would be hard. I mean, what would you have to do for documentation, you know? Well, even if you had police reports of people calling in, for example. Yeah, but they're probably just thinking they can't do anything. This is a lot of work. Yeah. And people think, oh, it's bogus, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But there are multiple people who have this experience, who can corroborate each other, individuals who, you know, it's like, oh yeah, my dad was a police chief that time. And I remember him getting all these calls and being like, fuck these people, like all these prank calls tonight sort of thing. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so one thing I do want to talk about, um, the Tom who can corroborate Melanie's story, who mm -hmm. was like running on the spot Yeah. Um, in the unsolved mysteries episode, being like the, the kind of younger artist that he was, he kind of did this little therapy session, if you will, for himself. He painted what he experienced in a painting and he actually shows it in the episode. So it's oh like, my goodness. like when he was young, he, he painted himself standing there in this beam of light from this UFO taking him up, huh. which is so good for him to have that therapy thing, but oh my God, is it ever haunting at the same time? Okay. I'm going to have to look that up. Could you imagine being a little kid being like, yeah, that happened to me. Oh. Like what? Yeah. That's not just my imagination there. That yeah. That's real life. Yeah. Well, that's a cool little painting there, Tom. Oh yeah. Oh, is that like a, a spaceship? Oh, that happened last Thursday. <laughs> Excuse me? Oh. So, yeah, everyone um, kind of was just forced to go on with their lives because no one really wanted to talk about it. Everyone just kind of gave them the side of when they did talk mm -hmm. about it. Um, or was they were probably making rude comments and almost like thinking that they need, you know, like mental help or something. Potentially, right? yeah. not good. No, it's not. So everyone was just kind of, you know, blatantly remembering the experience and were just kind of forced to live their life. One woman in the documentary or in the show even mentioned, she's like, when I get, if I get Alzheimer's, she's like, this is the thing I will remember. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's something that she'll just never, ever forget. Exactly. Huh. She's like, I'll have Alzheimer's, but I'll remember this. Wow. See, that's another thing um, with the kind of paranormal stuff is, what are their crop circles, right? Yeah. 
that scares the absolute shit out of me as well. Well, crop circles are reportedly related to UFOs. Yeah. Because, I mean. Like, what else would do that? Potentially. It's like the middle of a crop. <laughs> okay. I, I do have to say this. This is kind of funny. Because um, it's like reportedly UFOs are like maybe sending us messages via math equations or who knows what, right, mm -hmm. in these crop circles. But have you seen that meme where it's like aliens visiting Earth drawing crop circles and then what we did to on Mars? Because the Mars rover. Oh, okay. So the Mars rover has left tracks across the yeah. surface, right? Yeah. But at one point, um, the Mars rover accidentally basically just drew a dick. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. There's like two circles and then it just drives <laughs> away in this line. So oh it's like aliens God. visit Earth, but we visit Mars. And it's like oh. the difference. Well, because the crop circles to the, the photos, they're generally like, it looks kind of cool. It looks cool. Oh, yeah. They look really cool. Well, there is like there's a lot of crop circles can be debunked. There's individuals that have proven that it's like, hey, yeah, I can go make a crop circle and I've, I've fooled people with it. Right. Mm -hmm. However, other crop circles that just appear in the middle of nowhere, like in, in the middle, the middle of, crops, of the night, in the middle of the night with like sometimes it's like within an hour. Yeah. And it's like massive. But there's also they contest for radiation in the soil afterwards. And there's heat to the bottom of like the crop that is bent over. So usually when a human yeah. does it as a farce, yeah. those stems at the bottom of the, we'll say wheat or corn, yeah. at the bottom of the stalk is usually broken. It's bent and snapped. Okay. But this like heat causes them to actually bend and then like they stay oh, so you bent. you can tell the difference. Hmm. Generally okay. speaking. See, I don't yes. even know that. Like I don't know anything about it. Like I said, I literally, I, I would, I can't imagine myself doing a paranormal case ever oh. because I probably won't want to research it. Do you remember those times when I was on graveyard shift and I would stay up on YouTube going down rabbit holes? Yep. There was many, many a nights where I went down the crop circle rabbit hole. Oh, I am man. fascinated with crop circles. Yeah. Well, you're fascinated with paranormal, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it still scares the shit out of me. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. really scary. Yeah. Yeah. How many yeah. times can we say yeah? Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> that is the 1969 Berkshire UFO incident. Okay. But I do have to just say one thing though, because it, it's silly that it scares me more than say like, cause this just came in my head than like the bunk bed situation. Cause generally speaking, these incidents, they're not really hurting. Like they're not hurting the humans. Right. As really. far as we're as far aware. as we know, but we don't know what they're doing, I suppose. But then like with the bunk bed thing, gosh, that was like scary shit. Like I couldn't imagine having some like witch in my freaking bedroom. But for some reason, I'd rather have that than an alien encounter, <laughs> which is so Fair. bizarre. You want to have something, a, a terrifying thought that I had not actually kind of while researching this. I never really thought of it this way before. And I can't believe I didn't. Um, so of course, assuming that these UFOs are intelligent life, they're aliens or whatever. So just assume that for a minute. Yeah. So assume that these abductions are possible. Okay. We generally assume, so there's a lot of assuming here, mm -hmm. but there, we generally assume that people get abducted and returned to earth. What if they don't get returned to earth? What if these aliens are visiting from a whole other galaxy, okay? Mm -hmm. They come and they are doing these experiments or looking at us or whatever. But what if they don't drop the people back? What if they, some of these missing people out there in the world have been taken and then just taken off to another galaxy? Yeah. And they're just now somewhere out there 
in the universe on another planet with all these other beings. Or this just occurred to me too. What if they're, they're dropping these people back, but then the alien of sort is like encompassed in their body. Oh, there's living their life. There's stories of, uh, hybrids and stuff like that out there. Yeah. Yeah. That is fucked. Yeah. Thanks a lot because I have never, ever, (laughs) ever thought of that before. You haven't? No. Well, there's theories on humans as a whole are alien. Right. Some people say that like- I guess I've heard that. Some people say that like, okay, we are actually from another planet and we are like uh, some species populated us with their species or something like that or who Mm -hmm. knows. Like it it goes way down and gets weird and stuff. But there are, I mean, as far-fetched as many of the theories are, I mean- (laughs) It's possible. Might be slim to none, but it is possible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's so, great. This is a lot of greatness to think about now. Nicole's not going to sleep very good tonight. No, I don't think I am actually. I'm going to slowly get out of bed in the middle of the night while you're still sleeping. And I'm going to go up to the bedroom window with a flashlight and I'm just going to shine it inside <laughs> And I'm just going to freak you the fuck out. Just bright light yeah, in your face. Yeah, but the face. thing is, I would hear you go outside. But would you? If well, I was if I was quiet enough, uh, I could I do it. I would most likely hear you, probably. I, I could do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be pretty scary. But what would scare the shit out of me the most, which I probably shouldn't even tell you, is just like knocking on the door in the middle of the night. That would have me. Yeah? Okay. Good to know. <laughs> that would be the worst. Yeah. Okay, well, that was uh, day two of Halloween week. We got some cool stuff going to be coming up here. Um, we did want to tell you fearful has dropped. Yes. There's five new episodes of Jacko's podcast fearful out there. Boom. So if you want to go listen to it, I mean, you listen to this podcast right now. All you have to do is in the same app that you're using to listen to us right now, search fearful Mm -hmm. and you'll find it. Well, like we do with the links, um, below, can we put a link to fearful? I mean, I can, but the problem is there's so many different like oh, platforms people listen platforms, to. Yeah. So if I, for example, list, put the Spotify link and mm-hmm. someone's on Apple podcast, it's useless to them, right? Yeah. So just whatever app you're in right now, just search fearful. You'll find it. Yeah. You might have to scroll. Like it might not be the first one or whatever that comes up, but it will be there. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, all our links are down below. Patreon, Instagram, all that sort of good stuff. Just not the link to Fearful because like I said, there would be a million of them otherwise. <laughs> but you can feel free to check them out. Um, yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah. You're here. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Good job on today's episode. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a fun one to research. You're pointing at me. What for? Close us off here. But we'll see you tomorrow. Stay wicked. Jeez, that was the worst. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, we'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys are amazing. And of course, as always, stay wicked. You want me to do the long one, don't you? Stay wicked. Yeah, it's not satisfying when it's just stay wicked. That's why I do it, because you do a better long long one than me. Practice then. But you just, that one was pretty good. So we're good now. It's not how long it is, okay? It's how good it is. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Okay, right. we're out. <laughs> okay. Stay oh, wicked. This just gets worse and worse. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.